the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It is your Monday morning answer kicking off a brand new week. This one will be an interesting one, guys. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, the president, hitting the road, going to do some rallies as his legal team files lawsuits uh, contesting some of the results of uh, the election in certain states. Pennsylvania, big focus on that one for the president and his legal team. It's true. Uh, Pennsylvania was uh, called, was one of two, Nevada over the weekend. That's why on Saturday morning, maybe you awakened to uh, the news that uh, Joe Biden was declared president-elect Biden. And, of course, the former vice president uh, gave a speech over the weekend. As for President Trump, uh, the president has uh, is is uh, is exploring legal avenues here and taking action. There'll be more lawsuits filed today. Uh, Some of his motions and efforts last week were successful. Some were not. A a bipartisan group, Jennifer, this morning is calling on President Trump to, as quickly as possible, begin the presidential transition period. It's a note of fact. In 1963, the Presidential Transition Act was passed by Congress, uh, and it says any disruption occasioned by the transfer of the executive power could produce results detrimental to the safety and well-being of the United States and its people. That's part of the Presidential Transition Act of 1963. Uh, Six months before an election, the White House and President Trump's White House did do it, puts together a transition coordinating council. So there are people in place. The very real reality here is, is President Trump right now accepting of uh, what appears to be and what the nation is accepting very widely the nation, my eyes and half ears. of the nation is accepting it. I, I really, I, there is I a large swath of okay. 70 million voters okay. that, right. and let me just tell you why. Well, but because, everybody who voted, every, look, I voted for Hillary Clinton. She right. lost the popular, she won the popular vote and didn't, and I accepted the result the morning after. Remember, you were I was catatonic. And right, so this, that is, I accept, this is what I well, love. No, 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 no. I was catatonic because I accepted it. Okay, this is what I love because I've heard this from no, a lot of people. You're not going to get me. I'm not going to say this. That, about, no, no, no. I'm not hearing it. I'm not just pointing it on you. I'm hearing we need to heal and divide the country. We do. The, the country isn't broken. The country, the country has a process divi- to protect the no. to protect our vote. Yes. So the country doesn't need to heal. I'm so sick to death of hearing that. There is no healing that needs to happen. And by the way, for all the people calling for unity, did you give President Trump, and I'm not talking about you, Brian. I'm using a collective view. Did any of you people give President Trump one day to actually have a chance to be president. No, you did not. And by the way, for four years, President Trump has been a lie after lie after lie has not just been told by Democrats, but they've been told told by the mainstream media and by social media that there's incontrovertible evidence that President Trump has done things that were impeachable, that he's talked to Russia, that he's colluded. Not one piece of evidence. So pardon a Trump supporter. And there are a lot of us out there. 
Uh, who do are. appreciate and respect a peaceful transition of power and will accept the results of this election if they stand. But pardon me if I don't believe the media's call right away, because for four years, they've done nothing but to take this president down and lie to the American people. The only reason people feel that there's healing that needs to be done is because of the lies told by the mainstream news media for the last four years. That's the on last, them. The last part I, I, I don't think is true. I said on this program last week that I made the point to the audience, not that people didn't know it, I just said it. When the media announces it, that's not the certification of an election. That happens with secretaries of state, 50 of them across the country. It's a different thing. Now, the country is divided. The country has been divided. We, you and I, have spoken about, and actually quite personally, I think, have done our very best professionally here totally. to bridge gaps of communication. That, that And I, 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 I'm so grateful to you for, this, for, for, for doing that with – for having – been able to do that. Now, I will say the country is divided. Of course, the the disagreement or the frustrations over the election outcome and the frustrations with the legal challenges and the wondering aloud, okay, when will we kind of move forward? That is not that is not the divide. That is symptomatic of the divide. But the divide is there. And Joe Biden has a really big job. And by the way, history is going to judge him because he does have an obligation to try to bring the country together. Because Jennifer. The country is divided, not because of President Trump. It was divided before he became president. But I do think his term in office has sharpened some of the differences and and sharpened a little bit of the divide. And it's not unlike, as I said over the weekend, 1974, when a guy who was never elected president or vice president, Gerald Ford, became the U.S. president. And uh, he had and he really had. He really made great efforts to heal the country. I think Biden, forget about Joe Biden and the coronavirus for a moment, the transition council. Can this man bring together a nation that is pretty 50-50? No, and we'll see if he can. I mean, I just don't. I wish him the best. I don't know if he can. Here's the thing. I I just don't feel that the country is as broken as people like to make you think. I think this is a center-right country. I think most people, I think the, the clear result of this election had little to do with the outcome of the presidency and more a repudiation against the socialist message and the message on defunding the police against democrats so not true because (laughs) it's not i'll tell you why i think it's not true because as was said on the sunday shows mitt romney said this and say what you will about mitt romney but it's the fact is that on state levels and a lot of local levels republican candidates some very conservative republican candidates won their elections but the republican party lost the presidency and i think we all understand that as President Trump even said, some people don't like him. It's his personality. The the per- President Tr- and I said four years ago he'll be reelected not because of who runs against him, but it's his to win or lose. The president, because he is such a strong personality, whether you like him or not, whether you appreciate it, like is not is wrong, whether you appreciate his leadership or not. President Trump is someone who is polarizing, and that's not negative. Yeah, of course he's por- polarizing, but, but my but point is not about other President politi- Trump. Other, uh, my point is that it is him that people either liked and voted for or didn't right. want to be but president voted Let me just against. finish my statement. So it's a repudiation of the Democrats' larger message about uh, using the term socialism, about pushing the country in the in the in the path of socialism, the message of defunding the police, that was the greater message of this election, that that is extremely unpopular. And there was even a, ca- a Democratic caucus call last week that where the Democrats who won re-election said, if we don't change this path, if we don't change this messaging of the far left, we're going to get it handed to us. 
this in 2022. And so when we look at the greater narrative here, not one Republican state house shifted hands. I agree. The Republican Party picked up picked up a ton of seats in the House. I'd probably when it's all said and done, maybe 10 or 11, which is pretty remarkable. I agree. And we'll see what happens with the Senate in Georgia. But it looks like Republicans should win and keep control of the Senate. So which, if all of that is true and yes. we talk more about messaging here, I think what really has started to divide the country is that message that the far left, which has commandeered your party. And I don't think you're part of this because I think you are a true liberal and you are not a leftist, but it's commandeered your party. And I think more than anything else, this election was a repudiation of that message. Well, what I disagree just based on what happened. Let me ask you. So that message of defunding and all that. Well, you're it's extremely unpopular. But we're talking about I agree with you. And that's why I said at the state, local levels, Republican candidates carrying that message, which I happen to agree with, by the way. You and I have talked many times about the danger, the recklessness of defunding police. It's a screwy, emotional idea, and it's bad for everybody in the country. In my opinion, I think you agree. Candidates who were not President Trump, who were making that argument in some many statewide elections, Congress, they won their races. President Trump if, if brought the similar message same message but added some trump flair this is not a negative i'm just describing what's going on right. politically out in the nation uh, yeah but and I... it is and it is the it is it is that personality i think we all understand this that some people were uncomfortable with having having said that very briefly those crazy proposals from far left people did not as you said begin to divide this well, country this country been divided politically when we talk for about years and years. healing and i'm putting air quotes around here cuz i believe that the country is not broken but when we talk about healing cuz i'm hearing a lot about that from the left i'm hearing a lot about that i heard a lot from joe biden and kamala harris about healing and unifying what is not helpful is the former first lady of the united states congratulating joe biden and calling everyone who voted for president trump racist what is not helpful is alexandria ocasio cortez saying she'd like to make a hit list of people who are supporting president trump in his effort to challenge this election, that is not helpful. So when we talk about unifying and healing, I think there are a lot of people that need to look in the mirror and see if they are really willing to have that message or if it's just healing when people agree with them. And I think we are a country where it's so okay fair. for us to have Look, differing opinions. And that right. doesn't mean the country is broken. It actually means the country it's is working. working. All right. right. So we'll give you the update because we got off on this whole tangent here, but we're going to no, give no. you the update we, on these congressional races. We had a very important conversation. Yes, we did. And you we can did. join it, by the way, 855-785-8255. An update on the California congressional races as your Monday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices. Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. Kicking off a brand new week. It's going to be an interesting one, guys. We just have to Give it some space and see what happens. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and, uh, and we're used uh, to interesting weeks. Right? Oh my we're gosh! Pretty- <laughs> this is going to be. I think this year, our last week was probably going to be number one of the most interesting weeks, and then I think this week might be number two. We'll see. Okay, we shall see. Yeah, you never know. It's twenty twenty. Could surprise us. We could get a little twist oh. in uh, in another few days. All right, so let's bring you up to speed on some of the uh, contested congressional races here in California because. The counting is still on. And if you want to talk about some outrages, I'll give you a few. First of all, really close numbers. District 25, which is Katie Hill's old seat. Mike Garcia is the incumbent. He's a Republican. He was facing Christy Smith, who's a former assemblywoman. She's a Democrat. This race is so close. For all of you people out there who say my vote doesn't count, I don't vote in California, let me tell you about this one 148,916 votes. 
total cast. To 148,484 votes. They the f- are 500 votes apart. The first number, the 148,916, cast for the Democratic for candidate For Mike Garcia, who is ahead slightly. Excuse me. He's a, correct. And the Democrat has one. It's one. It's about one hundred forty eight thousand five hundred votes, uh, one hundred forty eight thousand. So here's how. Yeah, here's how it goes. So one hundred forty eight thousand nine hundred and sixteen for right. Mike Garcia, one hundred and forty eight thousand four hundred and eighty four for Christy yeah. Smith. About four hundred fifty votes. That is them. what is splitting them right now. Now, uh, there's eighty two percent of the precincts reporting fifty point one percent to forty nine point nine percent is how this race goes. I want to tell you, do you can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you know what ballot curing is? Ballot curing, C-U-R-I-N-G? Yes, curing a ballot. I think it's uh, appropriating yourself a doctor, examining the ballot, determining what's sick about it, and curing it. <laughs> well, it's a, so is it this. curation like the other things are curated? I don't know the answer to your question. So if you mailed in your ballot. And uh, maybe you had a weird signature. Maybe you forgot to make a signature. Maybe you had some lines that were outside of the box. Whatever it is, you didn't follow the instructions properly or your signature didn't match. Maybe you made an error of some sort. Your ballot was returned to you. And it came with the form. And we actually, I think, spoke to someone last week who said, I got this letter yes, that did. said, uh, it, you know, my signature didn't match. I think it did, but it didn't match. They sent me this letter. And I said, send it back. And she was from Simi Valley, I believe. Here's yes, why I, you have to send those back. That's right. Because what they're doing right now is marching. Christy Smith has a concerted effort going on right now in Simi Valley, in Santa Clarita, in all the areas that Mike Garcia is currently representing, that whole congressional district. And they are walking door to door to everybody who's on the cured ballot list, and they are collecting those ballots because they feel that that will win them the election. So this one's still very much in play. I'm sure Mike Garcia, who has a great ground game, is probably doing the same thing. But this just is what so, it comes down to. Just so I understand. Curing ballots. Okay. So I understand, and I'll ask because I hope folks understand because I'm a little unclear. The state of California, if the voter mailed in a ballot and the voter made an error, uh, mm-hmm. as you say. Or you know, it was outside. a signature that didn't look like the signature on file. There was question about the ballot. This, I'm asking you, the state of California's policy is to return the ballot. With a letter. With a letter. Now, the next thing that happens is critical, is what is that voter asked to do? To clarify to verify the ballot. That's this ba- that it, the okay. ballot is theirs. So this is what I thought, and that is going to take time. So in an election in the 25th Congressional District, Ventura's in there, Simi Valley's in there, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Katie Hill's former district. We all know where it is. There's good people there and a wonderful, wonderful In-N-Out. No, it's, it's uh, <laughs> There isn't an In-N-Out fast. burger no, there. I think there is, actually. But the point is that if we're mailing ballots back – and we're apparently doing that. And the voter then is uh, rectifying the error, fixing the signature, whatever that might be, and returning it. Well, that's going to eat up some time. That's going to take time, right? With an election where 290,000 or so votes were cast and 500 is the margin between the current leader and the current uh, uh, number two spot in terms of votes tallied already, uh, this one's going to take so a while. Wait, so you're going to say it's going to take some time, right? you for the last hour and a half. <laughs> no, but you're saying that. There are uh, states that haven't even finished counting their votes yet. I would use Georgia as a prime example. You're saying, you're saying. Arizona is not done counting votes yet. They're counting votes, and yet we've still got the media calling an election no, for Joe Biden. So that is what I've been saying this whole no, day. You're, m- Jennifer, I, I know what you're saying today, but here's the issue, I think, with great respect, because I know that we both uh, – look, this is this – is, 
important to say, I think. I, it is important. It will take time, but we're talking about 500 votes in an election where 290,000 were cast in a single congressional mm-hmm. district. It is much closer. The margin is much slimmer. On the national scale, where Joe Biden already has projected 290 electoral votes when you only need 270, and the president, according to reports that his own legal team is telling him he's running out of some options, these are... It's what you've been talking about, with, but with all due respect, they're very different it's, situations. It's actually example, not in Pennsylvania. Where it they is. Have, okay, Pennsylvania. The math has, is totally different. Pennsylvania has not even – I mean they haven't even finished counting in Pennsylvania yet, and they are separated by 40,000 ballots in a state of – how many voters? Over 6 million voters. They're separated by 40,000 ballots. In Georgia right now, they are separated by – not even 10,000, and that's in a state of over 5 million, and they aren't done counting yet. Military ballots still haven't been counted. So this is what I'm saying. Just give it some time. Give it the week. I mean, that's all it is going to take. Well, it's been for a week. People Tomorrow to, will be a week. Well, no, no, but the results Another aren't week? even – I'm talking about – we didn't even get any results or projections from the news media until Saturday. So literally, it has been a few days. Today, the Trump team will roll out some lawsuits. We will see what's there. We'll see if there's anything to them. We're just going to patiently give it a week to make sure Understood. that Look. people have a trust in the way these votes were tallied. And I... on a small level, you yeah. were looking at what's happening in Congressional District 25. Now, in District 39, which is in North Orange County, Young Kim and Gil Cisneros in a very tight race. Gil Cisneros is a Democrat. He's the incumbent. He is still losing at this moment by about 3,000 votes. That's been a consistent margin between these two candidates, 50.5% to 49.5%. And then in the other one, so no call there. In the other one, we've been following Michelle Steele and Harley Rauda. Still no call in that one. I'm not sure why. 100% of the precincts are in, so they should be done counting. Michelle Steele's ahead 50.9% to Harley Rauda, the incumbent Democrat, 49.1%. They're separated by about 7,000 votes. So it's un, it's unusual that they haven't called that race yet, and that makes me question why that hasn't happened. These, uh, these, uh, these uh, very close races here are two districts in Orange County, which we all talked about two years ago. Oh, the flip, Orange County Republicans lost seat. These would be two cases, excuse me, these would, these would be two elections and two cases where Republicans uh, – if, if if they are victorious here, would flip back to the Republican column, those two districts that went the other day and some fo- that went the other year, the last election to the other way, to the Democratic column. And many folks nationally said, oh, look, Orange County, you know, the demographics are all shifting. Uh, this just flips it back the other way, proving that sometimes elections prove that they're cyclical. Yeah. And it, well, and also the ballot harvesting, how much of a role that played in 2018 when Republicans weren't doing it and Democrats were. All right. As we continue, uh, there's a big COVID diagnosis at the White House. Your Donald Daily Download is next on your Monday Morning Answer. Brian Whitman's voices. Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the Morning Answer. Thanks for joining us. What? <laughs> On your Monday morning answer, I just, uh, well, I'll tell you, it's Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And I was just, I just made myself laugh as I often do. You hear me laugh at my own jokes. Yes, I'm one of those people. I apologize. But if it's funny, funny. I laugh at myself and I laugh at others. Amen. 
And I was just thinking it's okay myself, to do that too. I was just re just spinning through my Twitter feed right now, and I'm in a debate about healing the country because I truly don't think the country needs to heal. I think healing is homogenized thought. I think we are not dysfunctional. We have two very different perspectives going on about what the what's good in the country, but that's actually when it's working its best, right? We just talked about that. So someone's debating about healing, and I thought. The only people that are saying we need to heal are these Democrats who have been licking the Prozac for the past well, four years. I, would, I, would also... I mean, are you that upset about a president? My God, live your life, people. You're going to be fine. I'll live through a Biden presidency just like you all lived through a Trump one. It's going to be OK. Uh, it will be OK uh, <sighs> it, because it's America. Uh, the the, uh, the most interesting words to me that I heard in, in that very funny sharing of what's happening on Twitter, quote, I'm in a debate about healing the country, <laughs> close quote. I know. I think that just about gets it. You understand? Here got we go. It, it. This is The Answer with Brian and Jen. But there's never been a president like President Trump. The Donald Daily Download. Dang straight. There won't be another one like you, sir. Bet your bottom dollar, Sleepy. Hey, Sleepy, you're going to wake up one day. Well, maybe I knew you're going to be sleepy. You're like the Rip Van Winkle of the presidency. When you do awaken, sleepy, you're going to find yourself with some pretty big loafers to fill. Question and is, speaking of who's going to be pulling those strings for Sleepy Joe? Oh, hmm. right. I mean, Somebody uh, well, will be, and the the answer or the question, I guess, has not presented itself yet. We'll find out. All right, Rudy Giuliani and uh, other members of the Trump legal team have been all over the country talking about what they've seen, what they've witnessed. Rudy Giuliani over the weekend held a press conference, and he claims that every voter from Tuesday on in Philadelphia was a Democrat. It was about 150 to 200,000 ballots here and about 300,000 ballots in Pittsburgh. It may be more, it may be less. Now, that's very serious because the margin of victory after being behind by 800,000 was only about 40,000. And it's a little odd that every vote from Tuesday on, was all for the one candidate. There's also a very strange thing that happened, which will be part of our case. At some point during the process, when, when, the, lead, when the lead of President Trump reduced from something like 50,000 to 30,000, at the time it was at 50,000, 94% of the vote had been cast. And when we got to 30,000, it was only 90% of the vote cast. <laughs> Yes. Now, I can get experts to tell you how that happens. That happens because, think about it, you you increase the denominator. What do you increase the denominator with? Yes. New ballots. Nobody was informed of new ballots unless people were writing them up. These are the questions posed by Rudy Giuliani. Uh, The former mayor of New York City, Mayor Giuliani, speaks about uh, new ballots to be counted. This is what we... We did speak about on Friday Allegheny County in the state of Pennsylvania, which is the county uh, wherein the city of Pittsburgh is. And there were some 30 uh, north of 30,000 votes to be reviewed. And we told you on Friday, and it's worth repeating now, that the officials had said earlier in the week to accommodate postmarks on mail-in ballots, they wouldn't be counting until Friday, which, of course, now was three days ago. And uh, the, uh, according to, to the report here, uh, 35,000 mail-in and absentee ballots, and, and they, they were reviewed. Uh, don't have specific numbers on, on, how, that, on how those 35,000 votes broke down, but we do understand that the voting in the county uh, was kind of critical to the former vice president being called the projected winner in that state. And again, 
I want to reiterate that if it is deemed that there was nothing funny going on in Pennsylvania, I will be supportive of a peaceful transition of power. But I do want to tell you, Pennsylvania is a really interesting state because President Trump was up by a lot in that state. And here's why I question it. First of all, you hear me say it. You probably want to hit me every time I do. But the left always tells you what they're going to do no, before they do it. And they You're do. Right. They tell you every single time. And so a couple of weeks before the election, the Democratic secretary – no, it was Democratic attorney general in the state of Pennsylvania says that there, there would no, he would not oversee a Trump victory. He's on tape saying right. that, right? He should be fired if he said that. And he did. It's a respon- it's, it's, it, he takes an oath of office. And he takes an oath of office for a fair election. And so he has that. So that's on record. Then you see them take away the – the, the process in which Pennsylvania used to count votes was changed for this election. So what happened is they took all of the areas in the suburbs and the rural areas outside of the big cities, and they counted those votes first because that's the core. Those are the core red Republican counties. Then they get into Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and those they pause their vote count overnight, which – Makes people question. So you start counting all the Trump votes. He's up by a significant amount, literally hundreds of thousands of votes. President Trump was up on election night. They stop the vote. And then all of a sudden, when they get back to business, they start counting. And then you have 100 percent voter turnout for Joe Biden. Look, maybe it's all true. Maybe it's on the up and up. But just with the sense of understanding and fairness for something so critical, it is important that we have some transparency. And when the Trump legal team was asking to get in there to oversee it, they were kicked out by the people in Philadelphia who were the board of the board of elections who were overseeing it. So this is what the problem is. It's just that if there's nothing going on that's wrong, then be transparent so that people like me can trust the process. And it doesn't feel very transparent, doesn't feel very transparent to Rudy Giuliani, who then also talked about some of the voter fraud happening with the machines that were used to count. Take a listen. We're going to file a federal lawsuit that will cover here and Pittsburgh, and we will have as many witnesses as the court needs. Right now, it could be as many as 90 witnesses. That's called evidence that there was a uniform deprivation of the right to inspect, which constitutes a fraud on the people of Pennsylvania, constitutes a fraud on all legitimate voters, any illegitimate vote cancels a legitimate vote. And the burden, the burden of proof as to whether it's a legitimate ballot or not, when it's a mail-in ballot, is on the person proposing the ballot, because there's no other way to, to justify it. Well, they made it impossible to view those ballots And there can be only one conclusion as to why you would make it so impossible. Because many, many of them were fraudulent. And you don't, you just don't lose leads like that without corruption. And you're in a city in which voter fraud is professional. It's not just amateur. Some places may be amateurs at voter fraud. Philadelphia (laughs) is a professional place for voter fraud. Because you have a decrepit Democrat machine that you have had in power for 60 years. And it's the reason why you have voter fraud. It's the reason why you have so much crime. It's the reason why you're leading the country in some categories of crime. Now we're off to the race. Because these people are not helping the people of Philadelphia. Their loyalty is to the Democrat Party. Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, is a, is a is former federal prosecutor and he's an attorney. 
he understands uh, that if if his if these claims in court are going to be successful, they have to provide evidence. It does not work the back way. You it, it, you do not stand up and say this all has to be wrong because this is just doesn't feel right. And and also Rudy's a, a a very partisan guy, very loyal to President Trump. We understand that. You just don't make the claims and then say to the rest of the nation, "Tell me I'm wrong." Otherwise, I think I'm right. It's well, the reverse. The, yeah, it's the, the reverse. Has to come. They need, that's right. And as of Monday morning, right here and now, there are 50 different secretaries of state in this country, not one, not one is saying out loud or even saying in writing that we're seeing that there is evidence of widespread, consequential to the outcome, voter fraud in their states. Now, I understand Rudy Giuliani is kind of divining that and insulting some of the Democratic leaders maybe in Philadelphia. Do you know who Dominic DeMuro is? Yeah, I, I, yes, but he's not the point. The issue Dominic here DeMuro is, is 50- just for people who don't. He is a judge who this year was convicted for taking bribes and allowing Democratic candidates to win. He was a part of the election court and he took thousands of dollars in bribes. And, and he that cur- was the, and he was put he was convicted this year. Right. And there's the is, evidence. Of, we're talking about Tuesday. There is. Week. Exactly. There is a history of this type of behavior in Philadelphia. The lawsuits expected to come this week from the Trump campaign. We'll bring you up to speed as your morning answer continues we have some promises being made by uh, well maybe one of the top democrats actually the top democrat in the senate is making some promises about the future of the country you won't believe what he said as your monday morning answer continues jennifer horn is funny smart and beautiful and then there's brian who's um well anyway this is the morning answer Monday morning answers starting off another work week. And uh, right now, as we sit here together, the balance of power in the Senate is uh, 48 Democrats, 48 Republicans. Now, there is a race, I believe, to be called. I don't think they've officially called Tom Tillis yet. But the balance of power for the Senate is uh, going to make a lot of people have attention on the state of Georgia because two Republican incumbents did not get 50 percent of the vote plus one. Senator Purdue got like 49.8. I mean, it was that close. So close. Against so close. Uh, da- against John Ossoff. We always love him. And uh, Kelly Loeffler had another Republican challenger, Doug Collins. You remember him from the impeachment hearings. We do. He's a Republican. And there was a Democrat. So they all split the vote basically like 30-30-30. So uh, Kelly you- Loeffler will be going to a, uh, a, a runoff against her Democratic opponent as well. And John would like to run his ass off in that uh, in that race against Tom Tillis. But it appears it appears as if the Republican incumbent Tillis. Well, he is in a lead well, right now. Tillis what, is in North Carolina. He's ahead of Cal me. Cunningham. Excuse me. It's uh, it's uh, Senator Purdue who uh, is Purdue, in Georgia yes. running. He's also a Republican Ossoff. incumbent. Correct. And he's running against John. And John has really been running his. Yeah. John. Right. So just just imagine how much money went into Lindsey Graham's Senate race. Right. We talked about one hundred and four million dollars raised and spent against Lindsey Graham, who actually did quite well. I think he ended up with about 60 percent of the vote over Jamie Harrison, who was his opponent. And emailed me. Yes. A million times. Right. Oh, no, no, no. This I don't know who Jamie Harrison is. Mm -hmm. If Jamie Harrison walked into my little morning answer uh, little quarantined area and you have yours if jamie harrison walked in here wearing a shirt that said hi i'm jamie harrison i still wouldn't know who jamie harrison is (laughs) but the emails like to an hour yeah and the subjects would be things you get from friends who are (laughs) mentally unwell subject line 
I'm livid. <laughs> I got one from Nancy Pelosi. Livid, not I'm. Livid was livid. the subject. Oh, it's just what I want, Nancy, because I just worked and I want to go home and read that you're livid. Right. Go away. So uh, Georgia is going to get a lot of money. They're saying that this is probably going to be a billion dollar race because uh, the right and the left are going to be battling it out. This is going to be a race to fundraise. It's going to be a race to, to mobilize the ground game of this state. And Chuck Schumer was asked about it and made a pretty, I don't know, I think this is kind of a disturbing promise uh, about Georgia and about the the rest of the country. Take a listen. Now we take Georgia and then we change the world. Yeah! Now we take Georgia and then we change America. The clown. He, how about the mask? Is uh, so it's Chuck Schumer out there. He says for, the first Ugh. thing he said was, "And now we take." I don't do an impression. Now we take Georgia and we change the world. And then he obviously puts his mask on. And, then he, and the reporter right. very, very – So he doesn't get caught without it because that's what they were doing, right. celebrating maskless liberals, maskless in the streets to celebrate some, Joe Biden. Right reporter says to – I'm sorry, could you repeat yeah. that? You know, wants to get it on record, which is great. And he doesn't repeat it. He actually says a different thing. You can listen back to it. He then puts the mask on and really diminishes – the spectacular, the, the broad scope of his comic is, oh, we, we take Georgia, we change the world. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I said, do we take Georgia, <laughs> and we change America. Right. And he thinks the reporter, or he thinks you in the car, or you listening on uh, the at-home smart speakers, or Jennifer Horn right there, or even me, as dopey as I am. You think we don't catch that, Chuck? You just said one thing. The reporter said, can you repeat it? And you changed the subject of the sentence. I'm not an English teacher, but first, the subject was the world. Yeah. And then when asked to put it on, it maybe putting the mask on got, it was a reality check. Oh, no, we're trying to America. I just, I, I feel like. He's an idiot. Well, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I don't call – I'm sorry, I said that. But he feels like a clown in that. Group. Well, I think the idea is that people are afraid that if Democrats win control of the Senate, they're going to pack the courts. They're going to create a bunch of new states. They're going to end the filibuster, and they are going to transform the world. So, again, the left telling us what they want to do, and uh, we just have to listen. This is going to put the emphasis, and I can guarantee you, that little – snippet right there that probably seems so inconsequential at the time is going to be used in a lot of campaign ads over the next couple of weeks may i just say could we queue up chuck schumer i just want to say that if anyone ever asks you what lowering expectations for oneself sounds like listen to the downgrading (laughs) of this expectation of chuck schumer it's a classic one here we go now we take georgia and then we change the world yeah now we take Georgia, and then we change America. Change. Oh, like wah, wah, wah. I'm pretty well, sure that. he's eating his mask when he says that. But I was terrible, so sorry, and then we change the, this square mile. Of, I mean, he went from the world all the way down to the most powerful nation in the world. But you talk about managing expectations. In two seconds, he changed. No, you know, that's yeah, how political that's And that's going to be used over and over again. Gina is in <laughs> Redlands. Hi, Gina. You're on The Morning Answer. Hi, Jen. Good. Keep up the good work, Jen. And in correction to Brian, as far as this is still America, half the country are America. The other half are the, still the swamp. Oh, all right, Gina. There's oh, a correction for you, that, Whitman. Th- th- thank you. I... I uh, the swamp, even President Trump, I don't know what she's – I never said anything like that. But w- 
<laughs> but thank you, Gina. Yes, I do you appreciate did. It. <laughs> uh, of course I did. Obviously, I'm sorry, and I'll do whatever you want All right, me to it do. Must I'll be throw myself day at the mercy of the court of public opinion. Now, here's the thing. Yes. The president, even, who created that term, I mean, he created that term. He copyrighted uh, the swamp. He should. He should copyright it. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It refers to the elected officials in the bureaucracy and the apparatus of Washington, D.C. It never referred to the voters on the other side. The president no. never referred to voters. It's important. Here I am defending but President Trump, Jane. Joe Biden is, if you open up the dictionary, the Trump dictionary, you look at Swamp, you'll see Joe and his brother Jim and his Swamp. Wait, hold on. Oh, sleepy. Swamp. Yeah. You'll see them all there. Rick Hunter, and Maria Del Rey, you have a correction for us, too. What are we doing wrong today, Rick? Please. Hi. Hi, Hi, Rick. Oh, he's in Marina Del Rey. Where? Do you have anxiety happening here? There he goes. I think it's very important at this time in this moment to acknowledge best wishes for the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. A man was diagnosed with COVID nineteen on Friday. Yeah, along with five other campaign staffers. We don't know about his symptoms. We don't know if he just was discovered. uh, You know, if he was because they were tested just about every single day at the White House. So either he was tested and got a positive result, or he was having some symptoms. I haven't seen a ton of information on it. We'll see if we see him this week. Certainly, there are going to be a lot of people focusing on the White House and uh, the Trump campaign, and so uh, obviously we'll. We'll hear about Mark Meadows, I'm sure, his condition. We'll get an update on that. Yeah, he is the chief of staff. And you and I had similar thoughts uh, this morning when we were chatting uh, just briefly off the air because Jennifer and I actually, I don't know if you can tell, we actually really don't like to talk about these things too much before we talk about them with you guys. It makes it a little... called organic. We like organic talk. That's exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Organic chemistry, I'm not so good at. No. I do better with an organic talk, but maybe I'm not even great at that. I don't even know what they do in organic chemistry. I truly don't know what they do. I was in there and I said, wait. When do they teach class in English? <laughs> they said, it, this is English. I said, I have to go to a new school, and I left. But the point is that Mark Meadows was very much around President Trump and many staffers at the White House back several months ago when there was that outbreak, and the president and our first lady were diagnosed and have recovered, thankfully, and, and uh, as most have. But he would, did not test positive at that time, but he has now, as you said, along with five others. Yeah, and so uh, we hope that everybody's doing okay. Rick in Marina Del Rey is back, and so we'll give you one more shot at this, Rick. You've got another shot. What's going on? Good morning. Oh, boy. Well, I I think I got censored by Facebook with my comment I'm about to make. That may be it. (laughs) Go ahead. I want to say what you're doing right. I'm waking up to you guys being cheerful and respectful, and I think that's really important. But I'm going to tell you, Brian, you absolutely misspoke when you said what's not what doesn't go on in the law. There's a theory called... I'm sorry, what did I say? What did I say? Well, you, you said you, you don't present an allegation when you, when you lack the evidence. That's you true. Prove the ele- it's not true. Okay? You have to prove the evidence in the duration of the court. You make the allegation, Let me say so. and then you present your evidence. And there's right. something called res juda. Um, it, Rick, it, it's the thing that speaks for itself. So uh, I say, think we... Uh, but we're running out of time. I'll take the last word. Go ahead. I, I will explain this because I, no, I'll say that we'll go 10 seconds over. Look, uh, you cannot claim that a vote, an election is illegitimate in the absence of evidence that is understood and convincing. Go ahead. Last word. for you. Right. But you've got to give someone the opportunity to present the evidence. And if you spoil the evidence and there's evidence of spoiling the evidence, which there is, then you have to accept that the evidence would have proven in law, in everything from criminal to contract, when you spoil the evidence, 
which they have done, and there's absolute irrefutable evidence of spoiling the evidence, then you have to consider that the evidence was most likely. And that's tell, right. tell, tell O.J. Simpson's guys. defense attorney Thank that. You. Tell the LAPD when the evidence went bad in the O.J. case. We're going to give it time. It We're going to give it time this week to let the evidence play out. Now, is Fox News the hated enemy of the right? As your Monday Morning Answer continues.